Hey, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. May the Force be with you always. Are you interested in taking a trip to the planet of Batuu in the ultra-immersive world of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at either the Walt Disney World Resort or the Disneyland Resort? If so, the one thing that I can tell you from personal experience is that planning any Disney vacation can be completely overwhelming. That's why you need the expert planning services of Casey Lucas and Lucas Family Travel. Casey can help you to select the perfect resort, book your fast passes, your dining reservations, including those hard-to-get Oga's Cantina reservations, and even recommend the perfect time to visit based on the historical crowd levels. And the best part is that all of these services are completely free to you and included as part of your Disney vacation package. So visit lucasfamilytravel.com today to book your vacation package and enter the promo code JTA podcast in the comments to receive a free gift with your booking. Again, that's L-U-C-A-S familytravel.com to book your trip today. And as they say on Batu, may the spires keep you. Welcome to episode 30 of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Only members of the Jedi Council are allowed access. Guarding the holocrons is one of the most important duties a Jedi can be given. Do you think you're up to the task? fans welcome to another episode of the jedi temple archives podcast i'm your host rob and we are recording this episode on wednesday october 16th 2019 i'm joined once again by my co-host and friend tom from the hyperion adventures podcast tom thanks again for joining me hello there what brings you out this far (laughs) oh see you came ready this week you're ready to play we couldn't sound for this uh, episode, so I just had something ready to go for you. <laughs> that is excellent. That's excellent. And it ties in really well to uh, what we've got planned for this week. As many of you out there know, uh, I have been posting on social media uh, as early as last week, basically saying that this week our episode was going to be focused on the top five funniest moments in Star Wars. Uh, it was pretty much fair game whether you wanted to go with the movies or if you wanted to dive into the animated series. Um, I know personally when I was putting together my list i basically kept it just to the films primarily because i was going to run into a huge problem narrowing down uh, to just five given all the funny moments within the clone wars and star wars rebels and uh, all the animated content out there but uh, suffice to say we did get some feedback from some of our listeners and we will get into that after tom and i go through our list Excellent. It's always a great topic. There's so much to pick from. I mean, you don't realize sometimes, I mean, you know, you laugh at most Star Wars films at some point or another, but you don't realize it how often it comes up and sometimes how the, just a little subtle line will, uh, can make such a big impact and make you chuckle or, or, you know, even after seeing these films, you know, 
15, 20, 30, 100 times. Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, it totally depends on the sense of humor of the, of the person watching the films too, because different people are kind of drawn to different things. Some like the sight gags, some like the, the funny one-liners, some like the kind of jokes that take a little bit more time to set up or just kind of, you know, ludicrous uh, scenes within the film. So uh, I've noticed that, you know, kind of just in the list that I got from a few of the listeners and a couple of the scenes that got sent in, they weren't things that had jumped to mind immediately for me, but they were definitely funny moments within their own right. So uh, looking forward to getting into those. Um, but Tom, if you got your list ready to go, we can just uh, start off going through ours and we'll start at number five and uh, you can lead us off. Sure. My number five is actually, it's a really simple line, but it's just said very dryly, but I, I find it extremely funny. I found it very funny from uh, the first day it came out. Uh, I still find it funny to this day. And it is uh, from Return of the Jedi very early on in, in Jabba's palace. How are we doing? Same as always. That bad, huh? It just spoke too much of how this group was together that, you know, how you doing? Same as always that bad <laughs> you know it's just this very subtle line but it is just uh, it, it just spoke to how they all the gang always seem to find themselves in trouble yeah and i mean uh it's funny because that was one of the clips uh that tony from disney discussions podcast who had sent in a list he mentioned that on his list not in any particular order but uh certainly when i was you know was going through my list that was one of the ones that was uh up for consideration it didn't quite make my top five but uh definitely you know went to it really went back to the interplay between those three main characters within the original trilogy and just how um you know casually they dealt with being in the most dire situations it was just like you know another another disaster we've gotten ourselves into uh, how are we going to get ourselves out of it yep here we go again i mean you know uh, as part of the, the thing with this series is that, uh, you know, George Lucas tried to make it like some of the old serials, just like he did with uh, Indiana Jones as well, where they always found themselves in this, how are they going to get out of this one scenario? And so they found themselves in that so many times that obviously even the characters involved with it realized, like, oh, here we go again. How are we going to get out of this one? So, so it always cracks me up. Totally. Uh, for my number five, I went uh, with one of the newer films. I went with Force Awakens, and it's the moment when uh, Han and Chewie and Finn are getting ready to break into Starkiller Base to, you know, take down the shield, and this exchange happens. The flooding tunnel's over that ridge. We'll get in that way. What was your job when you were based here? Sanitation. Sanitation? Then how do you know how to disable the shields? I don't. I'm just here to get Ray. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. <laughs> oh, really? You're cold? <laughs> Come on. So, you know, again, that iconic, you know, that's not how the Force works from Harrison Ford was just a classic moment within that film. Uh, definitely got a laugh out of a lot of people in the theater when we were in there watching it. And, um, you know, just goes to Han Solo's character. You know, this is the guy who didn't believe in uh, in hokey religions, right? Um, he just trusted the good blaster at his side. But, you know, even he understands that uh, you're not going to you're not going to take down the shields at Starkiller base using the force, especially if you're Finn. Uh, although I guess there is some discussion about, you know, how many force uh, sensitive characters there are within the Force Awakens. I know there's been different theories out there about whether Finn is force sensitive or uh, Poe Dameron. But in this particular case, Case, you know, it certainly wasn't going to be a factor in their success for their particular mission. 
Yeah, that, that one nearly made my list. It was on for a little bit and I just kind of pushed it off at the end. But it is one of my favorite lines out of uh, the uh, sequel trilogy and definitely out of The Force Awakens. It cracks me up. I've used it many times over so in social media as well. It just it just a, a very, very funny line for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, Tom, what do you got for your number four? My number four goes to The Empire Strikes Back, as there were so many great lines in this one. I could have picked from uh, many. As a matter of fact, within this just this one little scene, I could have picked two or three out of it, but I chose to go with this one. You didn't see us alone in the South Passage. She expressed her true feelings for me. What? Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. Who's scruffy-looking? <laughs> I love how R2 just punctuates it there at the end, but uh, I just find it hilarious that, you know, uh, Han picks that one thing out of all these insults. Scruffy looking. What are you talking about? They're just uh, so good. But there were a couple, you know, laugh it up. Fuzzball was in that, uh, that segment too. And I, I could have easily had that on here as well. Yeah. And for all the great scenes that they had within the original Star Wars film that, you know, got a laugh. Uh, I always felt like Empire Strikes Back was the one where they really took that to the next level. There was just so much uh, comedy interspersed with all the serious scenarios that they found themselves in. And, you know, when I think of, you know, we've talked about this before, when I think of the current day Marvel films and how they do such a great job of working comedy into the overall storyline and all the action and all the suspense, uh, that is something that goes as far back as Empire Strikes Back for me in terms of the films that I was used to watching as a kid. And uh, that's really what I love about the new Marvel films and what I love about Star Wars films when it's done right is, you know, that that comedy within um, you know, within the film when they're surrounded by all this danger and they still have time to, to you know, sneak off one of these one-liners uh, or in this case an exchange, it just uh, kind of keeps you totally engaged within the film. Well, especially when you juxtapose it, like you were talking about, against the tension that's involved throughout the scenes of The Empire Strikes Back. I mean, it really is a tense movie uh, for the better part of it. So when you can drop in these funny lines, they, they they stand out that much more and they do lighten the mood slightly just for, you know, that one moment. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's just the way it worked. But uh, I, I do find that the writing for The Empire Strikes Back to be some of the best within the entire uh, saga or the oeuvre of the films. Yeah, I, I completely agree uh for me my number four uh i'm gonna go to rogue one and I, honestly i could have done rogue one for all five of my top five i love that movie that much but uh it is the scene where uh kind of after Jin and cassian uh have escaped from being in the clutches of the stormtroopers there and they're saved by uh, chira and Baze. uh all of a sudden you know they think they're clear and the uh the rebels of saw guerrera who they had you know had to kill a couple of them to save Jin or Cassian had killed one of them to save Jen, uh, kind of caused some collateral damage, all of a sudden show up and they take all the all the members of our group of heroes hostage and they start sticking hoods over the top of their head so they don't see where they're going. And of course, they put a hood over the top of Chirrut's head and he says, Are you kidding me? I'm blind. <laughs> it's like you were prepared for that. 
That was my, that's my number three. That's oh, why. <laughs> nice. Nice. See, I'm already disrupting your list. So no, no, it, it, that's such a funny line. It's such a good line and it cracks me up every single time I see it. It was just, it was beautifully spaced. It, 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 you know, it was just so ridiculous. It was just, it's just so good. And, and Rogue One is just, it, it is just so good. And they, again, the humor interspersed within what is a pretty dark movie. Uh, you know, they, it just works in, in many regards. Yeah. And again, that was, I think, one of the reasons why people felt like that particular film was such a, a tie back to the original trilogy Star Wars films. It had that exact same feeling. It had all the danger and the tension. Uh, and as you said, it was juxtaposed against that humor. So uh, that was one of the things that really worked for me and one of the reasons I love that film. Agreed completely on that one. So, yeah, that was your number four. That's my number three as well. So I guess we just go ahead and move on to your number three, Rob. <laughs> oh, isn't that nice how that works? So uh, for my number three, uh, it was Princess Leia when they uh, are escaping the Death Star and they finally get to the overlook over the hangar bay and she sees the Millennium Falcon for the first time and she turns to him and says, You came nothing? You're braver than I thought. Nice. Come on. So, uh, you know, Princess Leia, again, she was the the queen of the one-liners, certainly within the original trilogy. And uh, all the jokes made at the expense of the Millennium Falcon, I think that is certainly one of the top ones. And, uh, you know, again, humor against yeah. the tension of the moment. Yeah, uh, the snark level coming out of uh, Leia through the entire rescue from the Death Star was was just gold, uh, in my opinion. I loved it all, and yeah, that's a great line. And it is funny, you know, when you talk about the Millennium Falcon, you know, and uh, you know, you know, it, it, to us it's like this spectacular, beautiful ship. We walk onto it now at Smuggler's Run, and you're just like, oh, this is so amazing. But to them, they're like, look at this hunk of junk. <laughs> it just it cracks me up every time. Yeah, but she's got to wear accounts. Right. That's true. That's very true. Awesome. So what's your number uh, two, I guess we're on to. My number two is going back to Rogue One once again. So many great lines out of Rogue One and so many great lines out of a one uh, K2SO. But my favorite line out of K2SO was something that was actually improvised. Where are you taking these prisoners? These are prisoners. Yes. Where are you taking them? I am taking them to imprison them in prison. He is taking us to the quiet. quiet. And there's a fresh one if you mouth off again. We'll take them from here. <laughs> it cracks oh, me up every it. time. Improvised by Alan Tudyk, who of course plays K2SO. Uh, he's commented on the fact that that is actually his favorite line that K2SO says throughout the entire uh, film. And if you look at it, if you look very closely when that happens and you see uh, Cassian kind of put his hand over his face to kind of protect from the, you know, the slap that just happened. You kind of see a little <laughs> sly smile because it was a surprise to him as well. Diego Luna had no idea that was coming. So just, it's just such a great line. Another one that cracks me up every time. It also makes me cringe. I can only imagine what getting backhanded by an Imperial security droid would, uh, would feel like that seems like it'd probably split your jaw wide open, but yeah, yeah you but, can definitely you know, see him hiding that smile. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, and by the Cassian had to have been through worse, you know. He's, right. So, uh, but I, I, I could have picked like I could have just this whole list just could have been K two S O lines because I, was, I find him so funny that I, it easily could have just filled up the whole five. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. You know, I know I said I could make the top five all from Rogue One, but they certainly could have all been from K two S O. And really, the the number two for me also from K two S O within Rogue One and. Uh, 
I hadn't really decided on which of the two I was going to go with until right now. But uh, in the interest of not doing a 2A and 2B, uh, I would have to say that it is the scene where uh, they're approaching Scarif. And they shut the gate and we're all annihilated in the cold, dark vacuum of space. Not me. I can survive in space. <laughs> It was just so dry. All right. of the humor from K2SO was just so dry, but hilarious all at the same time. You know, it's just it's just so perfectly nuanced. Alan Tudyk does a great job, and I just can't wait to see more interaction uh, between uh, he and, and Diego Luna moving into the Cassian Andor series once that finally debuts on Disney+. Plus. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, uh, certainly a Star Wars spy movie, which, you know, is a genre that we really haven't delved into a whole lot, is going to be amazing. But to top that with that comedy that goes on whenever you've got Alan Tudyk playing uh, any role within a film. I mean, Lord knows he played a chicken in Moana and was hilarious without saying a word. That's right. Uh, he, just, he is such an interesting, interesting person and an interesting character actor in many regards. Well, the way he can change up to be somebody different uh, so many times, it's, it's, it, it, it's incredible. I'm an Alan Tudyk fan for sure. Yeah, I don't know how you can't be. So, all right. So we are down to your number one. What do you got for us? My number one goes right back to the very first Star Wars movie I saw, the original Star Wars, now later entitled, you know, Episode Four, A New Hope. And uh, it's again, it's something from Han. And uh, from what I understand, he didn't exactly want to study up on this part of it because he kind of wanted it to feel kind of natural and kind of awkward anyway. But it just came out and is just a beautiful, beautiful short scene. Uh, everything's under control, situation normal. What happened? Uh, it's like weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? We're sending a squad up. Uh, uh, negative, negative. We have a, a reactor leak here uh, now. Give us a few minutes to lock it down. Uh, large leak, very dangerous. Who is this? What's your operating number? Boring uh, conversation anyway. <laughs> I just, it's just so good that, you know, it just seems so awkward. You can tell he's trying to fill it. And then when, it, when it's all said and done, Han just is Han. It's like, you know, just blows it up. All right. Done with this conversation. Boring anyway. So it just, it, it just was one of the one scenes in A New Hope that, that just cracked me up. I, mean, I keep saying cracked me up, but it just was so funny over and over again. It still makes me laugh to this day. Right. And certainly, you know, he was a gambler in the sense that he played Sabak and, and was willing to put things on the line, but it had far more to do with the fact that he was just always flying by the seat of his pants, both in the Falcon as well as in all of his uh, personal dealings. And this was just a classic moment of him trying to improvise something. I mean, it, that this was my number one as well. I, I'm sure I telegraphed it by making that the image that I put out on social media when I was asking for input. Um, and I think it's probably going to end up being a lot of people's number one uh, or certainly right up there in the top five because it is just, uh, it's everything that's great about that original Star Wars film. You know, you talk about the fact that Lucas may or may not have been able to write dialogue for characters, but um, whether that is the case or not, and like you said, a lot of this was just kind of off the cuff by Harrison Ford, but uh, the fact that they were allowed to do that and, and it was so successful in the film is just a huge testament to uh, Star Wars and what made it successful in the first place. It was lightning in a bottle in so many regards. I mean, yes, the interesting storyline, the amazing effects, the sound, the soundtrack, and then you just get this 
crazy chemistry between you know the the main three uh, heroes of the of the film. It, it just it it just was kind of lucky the way everything came together so well through that original trilogy and definitely in this film, which if it's not a success, you know, we never get to where we are, where you have a podcast right now and we're, and we're discussing this some 40 plus years later. Yeah, I totally agree. And, um, you know, this, this is a perfect segue into some of the other feedback that we got from our listeners. So, uh, first and foremost, we've got Tony at the Disney discussions podcast. Um, they're a Disney podcast that he does with his two boys, uh, stitch and Sparrow. If you haven't checked them out, they do love star Wars. They love Marvel. Uh, definitely go check them out again. That's the Disney discussions podcast. And Tony sent us a list, um, in no particular order, but I'll just kind of go through them here and you guys can, uh, decide what you think about them. Uh, the first would be uh, Chewbacca cooking a pork within uh, The Last Jedi. So I think, you know, certainly it's a little bit gruesome, but at the same time kind of funny uh, considering the fact that he ends up developing this, I don't know, kind of companionship with the porgs later in the film. Uh, but he's sitting there turning it on the spit and he's got these three porgs sitting there looking at him kind of tears in their eyes and all he can do is roar, right? (laughs) Right. So, uh, certainly a funny moment. Um, again, I don't know how you get over that to, to all of a sudden be allies, but apparently the porgs were able to overlook it. Um, and, uh, even when you go to uh, Black Spire Outpost and, and, uh, Batuu and get and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, if you get inside the Falcon and you look around, you will still see some of those porg nests, uh, are still floating around the ship. Yep, one of the other details to look for as you're uh, going through Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, I've always found unfortunate. I really want to check out the uh, the interior part of the Millennium Falcon. As much as I want to get in and fly the Falcon itself, now that I've done that a few times, I was like, can I have just five more minutes to look around here in the, in the, in the crew quarters in the cab and there and see all the nuance, all the different details that are there. But uh, uh, there is still so much take uh you know even though we've you know been in there five six times you know and still find new things every time we look no we know you're trying to go back and find uh, lando's cape closet right and I'm, I'm convinced michelle knows where it is <laughs> she, she probably does yeah. <laughs> although a lot of those capes might be dragging on the ground behind michelle so right she's gonna kill me for that but uh <laughs> All right, so the next scene that Tony had given us was this particular scene with Yoda from Empire Strikes Back. Now all I gotta do is find this Yoda. If he even exists. It's really a strange place to find a Jedi Master. This place gives me the creeps. Still... Something familiar about this place. I don't know. I feel like... Like we're being watched. Oh, wait, put your weapon. I mean you no harm. I am wondering, why are you here? I'm looking for someone. Looking? Found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> right. Help you again? Yes. Mm. I don't think so. I'm looking for a great warrior. Oh! <laughs> great warrior? Oh! <laughs> Wars not make one great. <laughs> oh. 
Ship out, we would, but we can't. So why don't you just do ship out? Hey, get out of there! No! Hey, you could have broken this. Don't do that. I don't want your help. I want my lamp back. I'm gonna need it to get out of this slimy mud hole. Mud hole? Slimy? My home this is! But... R2, let him have it. Fine! 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 R2! Move along, little fellow. We got a lot of work to do. No! 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 Stay and help you, I will. Are you friend? I'm not looking for a friend. I'm looking for a Jedi Master. Jedi Master? Yoda. You seek Yoda. You know him? Mm. Take it to him, I will. <laughs> yes, yes. But now, you must eat. Come. <laughs> Good food. Come. <laughs> So, you know, obviously this is the first time we get to meet Yoda within the original trilogy. Uh, it wasn't, you know, I can't even think back that far, but you know that the first time you watched that, you didn't know that was Master Yoda mm -hmm. that Luke was looking for. And uh, you just got this diminutive little strange creature rooting around through all his uh, supplies and pulling out the lamp and fighting R2 for it. And uh, just a great comedic scene uh, in kind of a dark setting uh, to lighten the mood a little bit. Yeah, and we we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago when we did our Star Wars Remembered series, looking back at the Empire Strikes Back on on the Hyperion Adventures podcast, and you know we discussed and how important it was for them to be able to pull off Yoda as a puppet and make you believe in that this is a living, breathing character and could be a Jedi master or, or in this case, you know, you're, you know, some strange hermit that is on this, this, this planet that runs into Luke. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, Frank Oz did a masterful job. The puppeteers did such a masterful job that, you know, you, you buy into it completely. And, you know, it was a crux of making the Empire Strikes Back work. Yeah, I'm so glad that it worked out. And uh, I've definitely seen some of the making of and and I'm in the middle of rereading the making of Empire Strikes Back right now. And the section that I'm in is dealing specifically with all the concerns they had about how they were going to do, uh, how they were going to portray Yoda within the film and, and how they were going to make that believable. So uh, certainly they did. Um, I know that later some of the CGI they employed was a little bit sketchy, but uh, I'm really glad that they've kind of gotten that worked out and, and that when we do see Yoda on screen, he's just as believable uh, when they've got him uh, computer generated as he was back when they were using practical effects. 
Yeah, like I said, it's just been amazing that they've been able to work that way. I mean, you know, CGI now is just, it's almost a different form of puppeteering in many regards as far as, uh, you know, these, the, the, you know, the screen caps and everything else that they have to do. You know, we're talking about uh, Alan Tudyk playing K2SO, basically. You know, he was puppeteering this giant, uh, you know, he had this, this head, this little cone shaped head thing that was on top of his own head that all the actors had to look at every time. So they were looking at the right height for K2SO. And so uh, it's impressive with what they've been able to do. And, you know, many of it started with with Yoda as a, a puppet and then, you know, Jabba, the next film, uh, you know, as a giant puppet run by, you know, several puppeteers. Right. Yeah. They, uh, they definitely were masters at their craft. That's for sure. Uh, the next scene that Tony uh, sent in was again from Empire Strikes Back. Although this time we're dealing with uh, a scene with uh, C-3PO and Chewbacca that takes place in Bespin, and that scene played out like this. If only you detached my legs, I wouldn't be in this ridiculous position. Now remember, Chewbacca, you have a responsibility for me, so don't do anything foolish. We keep coming back to it, but is talk about a dark setting. You've got you've got Han getting uh, taken by the stormtroopers and placed in a position where they're going to freeze him in carbonite. And C three PO, of course, is facing off in the wrong direction. He can't see anything and freaking out and telling Chewbacca to turn around. And uh, you know, it was just again comedy in in a very strange setting that worked within that particular film. Yeah, again, a credit to Anthony Daniels for for playing that role so well. And again, this was another issue where there had to be puppeteering involved with it because it wasn't like Anthony Daniels was strapped to the back of Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca's back, you know. So there had to be some puppeteering as well as some voice matchup there. And uh, just it, it comes off really well and you know you feel for Chewbacca who's trying to help him out you know he's carrying him on his back trying to put him back together and there's and there's C-3PO doing his being his usual prissy self I can't see turn me around yeah uh poor Chewbacca I mean he seemed to get a lot of a lot of heat within that film both from Han during the uh during the initial phases when they were on Echo Base and Hoth and uh, again you know 3PO talk about unappreciative I mean he would have still been uh in the scrap heap had Chewbacca not come and found him. So uh, again, yeah, he was going in the furnace as a matter of fact. He right. might have been melted to who knows what. Right. I mean, again, he's very fortunate considering how Han barely could stand 3PO that entire film. Uh, he's fortunate that Chewbacca kind of felt like his life debt encompassed that entire group uh, of what he considered his family. So uh, t- uh, the next one that Tony had sent in, we already discussed. Uh, it was the clip Tom played earlier from Return of the Jedi, where you know Han's asking Luke, how are we doing? And Luke says, same as always. Um, so I think we all agree that that is a uh, Definitely a, a great clip within that particular film. Uh, and his final uh, submission to us was once again from Empire Strikes Back, which uh, you know I would I would put up there with Rogue One as one of the funniest Star Wars films, just in terms of the number of comedic moments they had within it. And uh, again, it's an Echo base on Hoth. They're trying to escape from the Empire. Han's trying to get the Millennium Falcon started. It's just kind of stalling out over and over again. And Leia says this. Would it help if I got out and pushed? Captain Soda. Captain Soda. 
right. So uh, that entire scene uh, was kind of the crowning moment of all the the comedic interplay back and forth between Han and Leia uh, within the the setting of Echo Base there, and was just the perfect uh, kind of cap on that uh, as they escaped, and uh, then ended up right back in the in the uh, danger zone again with the Imperial Star Destroyers chasing them down. But you couldn't have picked a better line. It was it was kind of a foldover from the original Star Wars film when she was constantly making one liners. The expense of the Falcon, and uh, once again, she's you know kind of hitting Han where it hurts the most in the starship. And the you know just the tension, you know you the, you know you tell there was something really going on between the two of them. The tension that they're always sniping at one another, trying to sort of you know disguise their own feelings. But also within that whole scene, just the the uh, the audio gag of the car not turning over essentially sound of the millennium falcon you know just so good the whole thing leads into the the, the, the same joke yeah and uh so that pretty much wraps it up for tony's contributions tony thank you so much for sending those in uh the next list that we got was from jake nielsen uh who has been a follower of ours basically since the beginning and uh he has actually got a new podcast called canine critique so if you're into uh listening into reviews of dog movies he and his friend have started up a podcast where they do that neither of them are like hardcore dog lovers they're kind of uh, indifferent about dogs so it's it's a a bit of a comedic contrast i guess there with the two of them uh, reviewing some of these films and uh, it's definitely just silly a good time so if you're into that type of thing go check them out but uh, his number five was more of a visual gag within uh, the original star wars film and that was uh, the moment where the stormtroopers break through the blast door into the uh, communication center where C-3PO and R2-D2 were hiding while the rest of them were off to, to save Princess Leia. And when you watch that scene, the first stormtrooper comes in and makes it under the door, no problem. But there's a pair of stormtroopers behind him, and one of them just runs full-on helmet into the blast door. Uh, and so a lot of people don't even know that's there. But if you're watching that particular scene, look for it. As you're facing the screen, it's the stormtrooper on the right, and you just see him kind of their head snap back a little bit uh it's a testament to the fact that when they made that initial star wars film george lucas the the film you see is basically all the usable clips that they were that they were able to capture during filming um, they did not have a lot of room to cut stuff out uh, and they didn't have a lot of optional uh additional clips to, to fit in. They had such a difficult time shooting that film. Uh, and some of these things did slip through. So that's a great little uh, tidbit for anyone who's not familiar with it. Yeah. And it's one of those scenes that you, you, you catch these in uh, several films, but uh, there's definitely a few within star Wars that once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. You look <laughs> for it every single time you watch it after that. Absolutely. So uh, the next uh, clip that Jake wanted to point out was in Return of the Jedi. And again, this is on the skiff uh, when Jabba's planning to feed them into the pit of Carcoon out there. And uh, Han Solo and his relationship with Boba Fett, which has been certainly a little bit hit and miss at this point. Um, you know, it's mentioned that Boba Fett's behind him and, and Han says this. Where? 
So uh, certainly that scene ends up leading to what appears to be the demise of Boba Fett, although there's still uh, a lot of uh, conjecture out there that he had survived his trip down in the gullet of the Sarlacc. Uh, I guess we'll find out if they make anything additional uh, within the Star Wars kind of pantheon of entertainment uh, regarding Boba Fett after that particular time period. But uh, certainly another one of those classic, you know, just goofy lines that they uh, were so good with in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it's one of those, you know, you, you see Boba Fett as this big, bad bounty hunter and for, you know, a half-blind uh, Han Solo just to turn and, and send him flying into the barge, the sail barge, and then down into the Sarlacc pit. Uh, just, uh, just comedy, total comedy. Yeah, and it's okay when Han Solo does it, but that is like a total Jar Jar moment, right? Uh, as, as much as uh, people had a problem with Jar Jar, it was always just kind of that accidental, uh, kind of slap happy, happy accident type thing that would happen with Jar Jar where he'd take out the enemies uh, through just accidents on his part. Well, we all know Jar Jar's a Sith Lord. So right. really, he was playing that up. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't don't take it from me. Tom is now on the uh, Darth Jar Jar bandwagon. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, the next couple, I you know, Jake's cheating a little bit here, but I can't really argue with them. Uh, his number three is basically anytime Salacious Crumb laughs within Return of the Jedi. Uh, and that is the little Kowakian monkey lizard that you see kind of perched above Jabba uh, within his throne room and again on the sail barge. So uh, I'll play a couple of clips of that. Uh, the laughter is certainly infectious. <laughs> you're playing the wrong message. Solo thought I know that laugh. Look, Jabba, I was just on my way to pay you back, and I got a little sidetracked. Oh. you need Solo. So now not only can you listen to Salacious Crumb laugh whenever you want, but you can now purchase your own Kowakian monkey lizard down at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It seems to be kind of a popular item for uh, folks that are down there visiting. Yeah, I've never, you know, before Salacious Crumb, I'd never seen them before. Now they're all like on every shoulder walking through Batu. It's, right. it's pretty amazing. It's pretty good business. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, again, I don't think I'd ever heard a laugh like that anywhere before. And uh, you can't, another thing that you can't unhear once you've heard it. Yeah, for sure. And I just, and it's such an evil kind of cackle too. It's, it's really, really funny. Yep. Uh, so Jake's number two, once again, uh, cheating, but we're going to let it slide this time. Uh, it's basically any and all of Obi-Wan's one-liners from the Clone Wars and the prequel films. So I'll play a quick clip of a few of those here. Did you really think I would leave the hyperdrive unguarded? Anything is possible. You haven't exactly impressed me today. I thought Gundarks were only found on Vancor. Then this system must be Vancor. So that would make this one the mother of all Gundarks. Precisely. It's a pity. I was just starting to sense a connection. Should I leave you two alone? I'm sorry to disagree. But as long as the Jedi are acting as a military, we should report to the Chancellor. Even on internal matters such as this. Well then, I guess you just volunteered to go. Give the Chancellor my regards. Now, wait a minute. I thought I told you not to follow me, Master Kenobi. Yes, well, I took a lesson from Anakin and decided not to follow orders. Hey, they're in trouble. Anakin, have faith in your Padawan. She would have checked in. Like you always do? 
Good point. Sometimes I don't think you realize how alike you two have become. I think we should go this way. Why do you even ask for my opinion? You never do things my way. We crashed the ship your way. Very funny. I see your sense of humor survived the landing. It's about the only thing. I, I know Tom's a big fan of Obi-Wan, and he certainly had that dry sense of humor uh, that played so well in a lot of those clips. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> the snark level on, on Obi-Wan sometimes, you know, or just, uh, you know, just barely tolerating, uh, you know, Anakin and, and, and Ahsoka and some of the stuff that's going on around him is, is amazing. But, uh, you know, and again, we, we, we talk about this, it seems like week in and week out. Uh, you get so much more depth into some of these characters when you've watched The Clone Wars. I mean, you may have seen Obi-Wan, of course, in the original trilogy, you get a little piece of him, but not that much. Uh, you see him in the uh, the uh, the uh, prequel trilogy, and you get some of it there. You get a little bit more backstory from him, a little more. But when you really delve deeply within his character and how he interacts with the other Jedi and and the uh, the clones that he is leading, and Anakin and Ahsoka, you really see much more of who this person is and what led him to be this great hero. And, and the same goes, we've, we talked about it many times, Anakin and Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely say that, uh, his sense of humor was probably one of the things that saved his sanity at the end of, uh, Revenge of the Sith there, uh, given all the, all the things that were kind of falling apart that were a huge part of his life. But he always kind of maintained that humorous objectivity, I guess, uh, no matter how dire the situation. And, uh, certainly was, was well known for that within all the prequels. And again, in the Clone Wars, he just shines, I think. Yeah, and again, we talked about like K2SO and his dry wit and Obi-Wan. Uh, yeah, he's never trying to look for the joke, but he would always have that snarky line that really could really bring a smile to you or, or a chuckle or whatever the case may be. Absolutely. Uh, so Jake's number one was more of a visual gag, I think, than anything else. But uh, at the end of the pod race there within the Phantom Menace, uh, as they're celebrating Anakin's victory, there is a super awkward high five that takes place. So definitely watch for that when you watch that film the next time. Um, it's, you know, there's so many things within the Phantom Menace that you, you're not sure whether it's funny or just cringy, uh, but definitely, you know, some, you see some of that stuff and you just can't help but laugh. They were just talking about scenes that you just can't unsee once you once once it's happened once you watch for it every single time and it just cracks me up every time the sort of high five that really didn't take place and then just the you know looking around afterwards and it's just like really you couldn't over reshot that what's that scene oh it's just so good though it's so funny yeah i can uh, i can certainly give them a break i can only imagine the amount of work that goes into cleaning up the the major issues that they have with those films so uh, certainly some of this stuff's going to slip through and uh, they're probably hoping no one fixates on it but uh, as you said when people see it it all of a sudden becomes a topic of conversation so um, and the, the final submission we got from one of our listeners, uh, Rafaela on, uh, our Twitter follower, one of the people who's been with us for quite some time, uh, was kind enough to send us her submission. And it was really just one clip that jumped out at her. Uh, but it is from, uh, Revenge of the Sith when Obi-Wan and Anakin and, uh, Chancellor Palpatine get caught in the ray shield on General Grievous's ship. And, uh, it's specific to R2 kind of making his grand entrance into that scene. And that goes like this i say patience patience yes r2 will be along in a few moments and then he'll release the ray shields 
See? No problem. Don't move. Do you have a plan B? So, again, so much of this humor uh, ends up being tied back to droids, uh, which is one of the things they do such an amazing job with within Star Wars. And uh, R2 is certainly one of the one of the droids that we get a lot of comedic moments from, uh, whether it's falling off the ship into the swamp on Dagobah or, in this case, you know, being chased down by battle droids and coming shooting out of a side corridor and slamming into the wall. Um, you know, never, never short for uh, kind of his making his grand entrance entrance into a scene and the, the you know the sound effects behind him just punctuate a lot of these things so whether where is the loud squeal like that one or uh, you know i think back to a new hope when he first gets uh you know shocked by the jawas and you know everything goes crazy and it's just like timber <laughs> you know all those sound effects uh you know help sell the part of this you know this character that doesn't really speak anything that you understand anyway but sells exactly what it's going through yeah yeah and that's uh that's gonna wrap it up for most of our fan submissions tom i know you said that your wife michelle uh, your wife and co-host on the hyperion adventures podcast had put together uh, about a little three minute clip of uh, some of her funniest moments so let's go ahead and play that yeah, she wanted to be on the show, but unfortunately she just couldn't work it in with her schedule to, to join us today. So she came up with uh, her three favorites. She didn't have a lot of time to put together all five, but here are her and her three favorite lines. Well, hi, Rob. So sorry I can't make it in person on your show this week, but thanks for including my choices of funny scenes in Star Wars. Let me tell you, it was a challenge to limit it down, but today I've kept it to three. And, you know, one would say it seems kind of obvious that the comic statements were really means to bring a little relief to the audience surrounding some intensive situations. But as I reflected on them, I found that there also serves other purposes. For example, first one that I'm going to talk about is from Revenge of the Sith. When Anakin and Obi-Wan are rescuing Palpatine and suddenly get trapped in ray shields. That's when Obi-Wan says, Wait a minute. How did this happen? We're smarter than this. Apparently not. So, yeah, it's funny scene, but it also was a way to kind of show the relationship these two had together and having that ability to banter. Then my number two scene actually comes from A Force Awakens. I mean, there's a ton of them in that movie, but my favorite is when Poe, who was just captured and on his knees facing Kylo Ren, breaks the tension with... So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? The old man gave it to you. It's just very hard to understand you with all the... Surgeon. Yeah, it gives a relief pause to, you know, some really horrific scenes that had just happened. But it also gives you a glimpse in the type of person that Poe is and how he can react and handle pressure. Okay, now we're down to my favorite number one funny scene. And it actually comes during the film Rogue One, which kind of seems odd since it's a really dark movie. But the comic moments were massively placed throughout the story. And it probably is no surprise to you that it includes the lovable K2SO. So the scene is um, when Cassian and Jen are battling stormtroopers and barely escaping death. And K2SO breaks in the scene, saving them from a grenade explosion. Did you know that wasn't me? 
I thought I told you to stay on the ship. You did, but I thought it was boring and you were in trouble. There are a lot of explosions for two people blending in. You're right. I should just wait on the ship. So to me, it really shows that K2SO actually has the ability to make independent decisions in service of a fellow comrade. And obviously that he has heart. Hashtag bring back K2SO. Well, that's it for my selections. Thanks again so much for including me and may the force be with you. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Michelle. Really appreciate you sending in your list. And I think it's, again, a testament to how many funny moments there are. Uh, even the fact that we had gone through four lists plus an extra submission and all three of the things that Michelle had submitted had not even been discussed yet. So um, pretty incredible that uh, that she was able to avoid all the all the selections that were made before she got her say. Yeah, she had no idea what was on my list. She had obviously no idea who what was on your list or the uh, other listeners of the podcast. And it just is impressive. And there there are so many more lines. And we've even discussed some that, you know, weren't on our list uh, that could have been added. And, it, you know, it's just a testament to how good this series of films is. You know, that we, you know, that they have so much humor interspersed when it's not a comedy. These films aren't comedies, but that doesn't mean you don't get a good chuckle here and there. They don't lighten the mood when things are extra tense or whatever the case may be. It's just uh, so many times really well-written, um, often really well-acted or in sometimes improvised. It's just extremely, extremely well. Yeah, uh, certainly. And, and the great thing about all these comedic moments is they're so true to the characters too. Uh, which is a testament to the depth of those particular characters within the within the saga. So uh, that's going to go ahead and wrap it for the main topic for this week's show. Certainly, if there's anyone out there who wants to submit your thoughts, even after the fact, on what you thought were some of the funniest moments within Star Wars, I know there were plenty of things that we overlooked. I had a whole list of things that I didn't include, uh, but you can certainly hit us up on Twitter with that. We're always always willing to talk Star Wars or shoot us a message at JTA Podcast at gmail.com and uh, we will have that conversation but uh, I think we're going to go ahead and slide into the Holonet news update for the week now and I think that really the main focus of, of this week's update is going to be that we know that there is a trailer coming for the rise of Skywalker. Uh, Tom and I have been talking about it, uh, back on Monday, the fact that it was expected, it was either, either going to come out on, on mo that last Monday on Monday night football, or, uh, most likely at this point, it's going to be the 21st, uh, next Monday. Uh, so we still have not got any definitive, uh, answer to when that trailer is going to come out. But if it follows the pattern of the last two, um, when the trailer does come out that's going to also open up ticket sales for the film so uh, just kind of keep an eye on that um, I know that once that comes out that's going to be a whole nother topic for Tom and I to dig into uh, and if that does come out on uh, next Monday night we'll probably hold off and record on Tuesday so that we can discuss that yeah, it would make total sense to be able to. The last thing you want to do is have this podcast drop, and then you know there, there's some big breaking storyline gets dropped within the the uh, trailer coming up here on Monday night, if that's when it does appear, as the rumor is uh, stating so far. And yeah, it looks like the tickets will go on sale there. It'll be interesting to see uh, how early ticket sales go. I expect they'll be just fine, despite what some people want to say about them. Uh, so I, I'm excited for it. And you know, the funny thing is, this is going to be the first year we are going to be in Orlando uh, when this film debuts. So I have to look at a completely different animal <laughs> trying to to 
book tickets uh, for it while we're at Walt Disney World. So it looks like we're going to have a, a trip to Disney Springs in the offing coming up this December. Well, hopefully they do an event like they've done in the past for uh, the, you know, those those film releases tend to, to get a little bit more notice down there, given it's kind of the home turf for Disney. Uh, and uh, I know they've done some events at Disney Springs in the past, so it'd be cool if you get a chance to experience that firsthand. Hoping for the best, for sure. <laughs> right, right. Um, and the uh, the next item is that we are now inside a month to the release of Disney+. Plus, and that's been something that Tom and I have been talking about for quite some time. Uh, they did release kind of the initial lineup for all of the entertainment that's going to be released with that when it goes live on November 12th. So definitely go check that out. I think they have like a three-plus hour uh, YouTube video that Disney had put out kind of highlighting all that entertainment. So I haven't had three hours to spare to go through all that yet, but uh, certainly the countdown to the Mandalorian is in its final stretch. And I cannot wait to see what they have come out with. Um, the fact that it's already been renewed for a second season can't be anything but a positive. Yeah. Again, everything we've seen from it, it looks brilliant. It looks like it's going to be everything we would hope for from a, a live action Star Wars series. Uh, and the fact that it's going to be there day one when Disney Plus launches is that much more exciting. And there's so much content out there. I was, you talked about the YouTube video. I was just, I, Disney Plus put out this uh, Twitter thread uh, where they just put together back to back to back to back threads of every film or series that are debuting. And I just was scrolling through that for, it, it must have been 20 minutes just going through these different things and oh that's going to be on there oh that's going to be on there but the mandalorian is probably the thing that uh, i am most excited to to see when it drops here uh, next month here here uh and i know that that's going to be the first thing that i fire up as soon as i get the app loaded on loaded on uh, all of my devices so uh and for anyone who is not signed up for disney plus yet i know that we've talked in the past about the fact that it is a great deal i mean uh it's less than six dollars a month um if you go, especially if you go ahead and buy the year package, which I think they were saying was going to be sixty nine ninety nine, but if you want an even better deal than that, um, I know I had just gotten a message from my brother a couple of days ago that he had gone ahead and signed up for the three year plan, uh, which they're doing for one hundred and seventy dollars. So uh, that still is an incredible deal. Uh, I think that it's kind of a no brainer, especially if you're a Star Wars fan, not only to have things like the Mandalorian and the Cassian Andor series and the Kenobi series that are all slated to come out, but the fact that you can get access to the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars Resistance uh, and all this additional content. So even if you've seen it before, I've got to believe that there is plenty of reason to go back and rewatch a lot of that stuff. Uh, as new content comes out, whether it's books or movies or whatever, there's always times that it kind of triggers something and you want to go back and rewatch you know, those original animated series that uh, kind of started it all for all this additional Star Wars content that we're getting today. So much Star Wars content is going to be on there. I was noticing as I was going through that scroll, that thread, that one of the things that are dropped along with uh, all these Star Wars films, of course, is they're also uh, going to be uh, showcasing the debut Empire of Dreams, or not the debut, but the documentary uh, Empire of Dreams uh, that is going to be on there. Just a great look behind the scenes of the making of Star Wars. So uh, that is something if you haven't checked out, you will want to do that, and that will be available to you on Disney Plus as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, really the final item I've got for the Holonet News this week, and it's really uh, applicable more to folks that are local uh, to where I'm at in Lansing, Michigan, but uh, Grand Rapids Comic-Con is coming up. 
uh, November 8th through the 10th. And uh, we're going to be doing some sponsorship of that particular event. And uh, I'll be on site there that Saturday, November 9th. So if you're a listener that's kind of in our local area planning on going to Grand Rapids Comic Con, definitely take a look. Um, I will have uh, some, uh, probably a podcast shirt on or something to identify me uh, and be happy to talk to any of you folks that uh, are into this particular podcast or want to talk Star Wars. Uh, They do have a couple of guests that I'm going to try to get some time with, uh, including Tom Kane, who did the narration for the Clone Wars and the voice of Grandmaster Yoda, uh, and also Admiral Akbar. So, um, you know, definitely some iconic Star Wars characters there. And uh, they've also got the actor that uh, played Greedo in the original Star Wars film is going to be at uh, the Grand Rapids Comic Con. So looking forward to getting to meet some of these uh, people that have just got incredible ties to, to the Star Wars mythos and um, having a great time at Comic-Con in general. Yeah, all these cons, are they're just always a blast to just get so many fans together and, and just kind of celebrate uh, all these different genres. Yes, Star Wars, but so many other, uh, you know, uh, areas, uh, you know, fandoms as well. And uh, we just, as a matter of fact, uh, Comic-Con San Diego tickets just came available this last weekend. And so we were just working towards uh, trying to secure some of those for ourselves for next year. But uh, anyone, anytime one of these cons comes to your area, you know, check it out. Even if you just go for one day, even if you just kind of go around the area, sometimes just the, uh, the, uh, the scene outside some of these cons can be a lot of fun as well. So, uh, do take advantage of it for sure. Yep, absolutely. So uh, again, thank you to all our listeners out there. It's really fun every week when the podcast comes out and uh, the the uh, buzz sprout that we do our podcast through tracks a lot of information about our listeners in terms of where they're located and uh, always heartening to see all the different places across the United States and certainly some of the international locations that pop up. Um, you know, we've got consistent listeners in uh, Czechoslovakia. We've got uh, listeners in uh, Australia. We've got listeners in the U.S., Canada, et cetera. Uh, so any number of countries get highlighted there. Uh, and that's always fun to see that, that we're kind of uh, hooking people who are interested in Star Wars from all over the world uh, and really across the 50 states. I mean, we've got people from everywhere that listen to the show. So a lot of fun to see that. Glad that you guys have found the podcast and enjoy listening to it. Uh, please don't don't hesitate to interact with us. As I said, you can reach us on uh, via our email at jtapodcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Pinterest at JTA Podcast. And certainly, you know, we also have a Patreon page. So if you're interested in doing something to support the podcast, we have multiple tiers for really any uh, price point that you might be interested in. Uh, and kind of as those tiers progress, there are some nice things that we're trying to do for our listeners. So if you want to support the podcast that way, please uh, don't hesitate to go out there and check it out. It's patreon.com uh, slash JTA Podcast. So again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Tom, do you want to go ahead and give information on where they can find you at the Hyperion Adventures podcast and your Star Wars Remembered series that we've been doing together? Yeah, as a matter of fact, we have a new episode of Star Wars Remembered uh, coming out this weekend. Rob's going to be joining us as we look back at the close of the original trilogy, uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, So we'll be doing that this weekend. And if you're looking for our show, best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. However, we are also on... uh, virtually every other place you can get a podcast. Uh, We also are very active on social media. And if you want to follow us there, we are on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. 
terrific. And again, thank you for joining us, Tom. Uh, please give my thanks and uh, love to Michelle for coming on the show and giving her picks. And uh, thank you to our listeners who did send in clips for, uh, and lists for this week's episode. It's always very helpful to have that additional content. So uh, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it at that. Hopefully you guys all have an amazing week. Uh, be positive. Uh, Keep looking forward to uh, The Mandalorian and some of this new content that's coming out. And uh, hopefully we get to meet some of you at Grand Rapids Comic Con next month. And with that, we're going to go ahead and sign off. Thank you, and may the Force be with you. 